Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to continue this morning on the subject of prayer and I'm going to talk the title today, Watch and Pray. And I want to read Matthew 25 from verse 35. Jesus came with him to a place called Gethsemane, a place of testing, and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to talk about watching and praying. Recently, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and He said to me, we have to intensify and increase prayer on all levels. And I'm not here to glorify the devil, but I want to tell you that the battle you are in is real. And the stakes is life or death, blessing or cursing. So we cannot be asleep at this time. We have to be wide awake as Christians and discern the hour. Our text this morning, we know Jesus prayed this prayer three times. And three times He comes back and He finds the disciples sleeping. I have used the month of August to try and wake up the body of Christ to tell you, you have no option. You're in a battle, whether you like it or not. The day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you only became aware of this battle, that you have an opponent, you have an adversary, the devil who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom may devour. He will try and destroy your finances, your health, your marriage, your business, relationships that are meaningful. Therefore, we have to be on the guard. We have to be on the alert. We have to be like watchmen in this hour and discern the attack of the enemy, but also the plans of God. So our text in verse 40 and 41, he says, He came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. A lot of people that were sleeping during COVID. And he said to them, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? That's not that bad. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In the message, uh, paraphrase, not the Bible, paraphrase, he says it like this, okay? And I'm not going to insult anybody, but just listen what he says. He says, uh, when he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. They in a battle, but they sound asleep. And he said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer. So you don't wander into temptation even without, even without even knowing you're in danger. 
You know, we need to be alert, not because maybe you are going through a crisis right now, but because of what is heading your way. And why I'm saying that is because God's got great plans for your life. God's got a great assignment for your life. And if God has a great assignment for your life, Satan will try everything in his power to stop the assignment that God has for you. Come on, if you believe that God is more powerful and that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, give Him a mighty praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So he says, you've got to stay alert, be in prayer. So you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. Listen now, there's a part of you that love come, loves to come to church. And there's a part of you that loves to stay in bed. No, okay, that's not the Bible. <laughs> there's a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Your spirit man cannot get enough of the things of God. Come on. He says, but then there's another part. Sounds like Paul in Romans 7, the battle between the flesh and the spirit. That he's as lazy as an old dog, sleeping by the fire. Thank God, winter is over and we no longer uh, stay in warm beds. We are going to be attracted by the fire of the Holy Ghost and we are going to see a great revival in our land. Say amen in Jesus' name. So. I want to say this to you this morning and I'll say it again and again and again. We have no option but to be wakey-wakey. Achy, breaky heart. You've got to wake up. You've got to wake up to the hour. You've got to wake up to the reality that you are in a battle. You've got to wake up to the reality that you have to fight for your children and your children's children. You have to fight for the future of South Africa from a place of victory. You have to wake up that you cannot be a sitter and a soaker. You cannot be a settler and a camper. You have to be a mover and a shaker by the power of the Holy Ghost. So come on church in Jesus' name. Hear me loud and clear. A prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless Christian becomes a powerless Christian easily overcome by temptation. So if we are not praying, we are playing. It means we're asleep like that old dog. I didn't call you a dog, dog. No, D-A-W-G, I didn't call you a dog. Okay, why, okay. He said, that's, I just read it. He said, you're not that dog asleep by the fire. You're gonna have to choose to wake up. You're gonna have to come with a woof, woof. Gonna have to just get that roof. Get that roof. I just bought the new puppy. Look, I was sad. My dog went to heaven, doggy heaven, okay? And I found a new dog. And I thought he couldn't bark. Eventually he went like, roof. Some of you have to find your prey woof. You've been sleeping too long. You, gotta, you need to start woofing. You're not howling at the moon. You, you better get start woofing. You better start praying. You get a, better get with it in Jesus. I don't think Satan is only messing around with the person next to you. You're in the target as well for Satan to derail you from your assignment in God. So look what it means to watch the word Jesus talks about. It means to be vigilantly aware. It means to take heedless through remissness and indolence. Some destructive calamity suddenly overtakes you. Because it always happens unawares. It happened, the Bible says. Well, we're going to talk about it this morning. God doesn't want us to live unaware. We have to be awake. 
we have to be alert. In the Old Testament, God put watchmen on the wall and their job was to sound the alarm, to warn the city that the enemy was going to attack them. Now, brother and sister, I've been sounding an alarm for a month. You better get to battle stations, meaning you better get to your prayer station and get into the presence of God so that you can defuse and confuse the plans of the enemy. And even if this devil has formed a weapon against you, my Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that is risen against you in judgment, you shall contemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Come on, if somebody is going through a battle and you know that weapon is not gonna prosper, you better give God a praise before the victory, before the battle is over in Jesus' name. So there are three aspects to watching that I want to touch on. Not only are we to look out for the enemy and become devil conscious, we have to live aware of the plans that God has for us. We have to prophetically discern the hour, like the sons of Issachar, what God is doing in the world, but we also have to discern what God is doing in our lives personally. We have to discern I know in South Africa it's discerned, but I like the Americans. We have to discern the future, not through the Tani Muritiablara, neither through the horoscope, neither through the Dolos, neither through the witch doctor, neither through the Sangoma, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. Jeremiah 29 11, God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we have to watch, number one, what God is doing in the earth as well as in our personal lives. We must be on the watch and on the lookout for prophetic fulfillment. So therefore you cannot as a Christian live in isolation. You have to have a, a holistic view, a world view. You have to understand that your life is not about you, Jimmy. My name is Jimmy, Jimmy, bless me. No. Your life is about a much greater purpose. You are born for this time. You have to discern the hour. You have to discern what God's calling is. Therefore, you cannot just up and out because you are fed up with the devil. No, you have to put your feet in the ground. You have to stand your ground and you have to stay where God has placed you. That is exactly the prayer Jesus prays here three times. The prayer of consecration, not my will be done but thy will be done. The first prayer that Jesus teaches you and me to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. The moment you reclaim ownership of your life, you get yourself into very dangerous territory. Hear me clearly, please. Amal wil kaap toe trek, maar jy beter seker maak jy dat trek voor jou. Jy beter seker maak as God se wil. Because the Bible says in James, it says, beware those of you that say, I'm going to go trade in such and such a city and I'm going to go move to such and such a place. But you do not say, if the Lord wills. And my brother, my sister, you better live if the Lord wills. Because if the Lord wills, you're in a safe place. If the Lord wills, the Lord wills to bring you through. If the Lord wills, you know that you have faith in Jesus' name. Because we are yet to serve His will, not our will. He never taught us to pray, Our Father, let my will be done. Uh-uh. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. 
And that's where the cross is so significant. When your will crosses God's will and you submit to God's will for your life. Take up your cross daily. Paul said, I die daily. Living a consecrated life to God and to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to the plan and purpose of God for your life. So, our prayer is a dialogue. That's why I like worship that engages. Not worship that is one way. Worship where I experience God in the worship service. Amen? I'm not a feelings guy, but you know when I kiss my wife, I am a feeling guy. And when my dog gives me those big old eyes, I am a feeling guy, okay? So don't come and give me this thing, you're not a feeling guy. You are a feeling guy. And, and God made you to feel the love of God and to feel the grace of God and the mercy of God. That's why we come into church and we worship God, not as robots, but we worship God with our emotion, our intellect, our will, and our, 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 and our feeling. Come on, say amen. Give Him a bit of praise in this place. Somebody, just give God a bit of worship with feeling in Jesus' name. So we are, it's a relationship, dialogue, not monologue. So Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet says, I will stand my watch. You need a time and a place where you spend time with the Lord. He likens this to a soldier standing watch. But not for the enemy, but to listen to God. It says, and set myself on the rampart. And watch to see what He will say to me. How many of you know God talks? <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a massive revelation that God is a communicator. Um, if women have to get 25,000 words out a day, guess how many words God has. Guess what God wants to say. Some of you stop, need to stop bombarding God with your prayers and your praises. And it's like you run into the presence of God. And you go, oh Lord, you are great. You're wonderful. You're fantastic. Bye. And God says, whoa, I've also got something to say. You ever had that with your wife? That was your day great. You ask her, how was your day? Oh my word, you better get ready for the next 10, 15 minutes. She's going to tell you everything that happened, okay? I think they're a little bit more in touch with God than us. I will watch to see vision, what He will say to me. So I must be in tune. Amos 3 verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord God does nothing in the earth unless He first reveals it to His servants, the prophets. If we are not watching, if we are not listening, we will not hear what God says. We will be controlled by the five senses. But we are called to walk in the Spirit, to make decisions guided by the Holy Ghost, to discern the enemy by the Holy Spirit, to discern the attack before it happens. And that only happens if you're in a place of constant watch where you have your time with God. Uh, everything I've ever received from God has been in, in, in the Lord's watch, if I can call it like that. It's not on my watch, it's His watch. We I spend time with God, praying in tongues or just worship Him with worship music. I love worship, okay? Praise is generational. I'm a worshiper. 
You come to my house, you'll just hear worship music. You'll just hear worship in my office, worship in my homes. I don't think you're going to hear. I love to worship God more than anything else. Just I love the tangible presence of God more than anything else. I want to feel God when I come to church. That's exactly what Moses said. How will we be different from all the people of the, on the face of the earth? Is it not your presence, God? I may look like everybody else, but I am different by virtue of God's presence upon my life. Hallelujah. And the more time you spend in the presence of God, the more God's going to rub off on you. And God's going to reveal His plan for your life as you are ready at the time that He chooses. So we should not be like people in the world that stumble around in the dark. We should have assurance about the future because we heard, like Paul says, once I've heard, I no longer confer with the media, with flesh and blood. I have heard God. And if I've heard God, I know the future is secure. It's when we don't hear God that doubt comes into our lives. He says, and I will watch to see what He will say to me and I will answer when I am corrected. Thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done, Lord. Because God's not going to tell you what what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to hear. And the Lord answered me and He said, write the vision. That's why... When, when God speaks to me, I write it so I don't change my mind three years later and I use a word of God against a word of God. Make any sense? God said, the Lord said this to me and three days later or three years later, the Lord says something else. God says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm the Lord, I change not. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. You better write down when you know God talks to you and you better stay in what God tells you to do. Says, write the vision, write what God says. Make it plain for everybody to know. That's why people have a problem when they say to people, I'm going this way, this way, this way. And suddenly they said, the Lord said. And people say, but you said the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, now the Lord said. No. He says that he may run who reads it in the good times and in the bad times. For the vision is for an appointed time. Everybody say there's a time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. So God never intended for us to live with no foresight. You don't need the horoscope. You're living in Africa. This week you're going to be somebody tall, dark and handsome. 10 to 1 you are. Amen. It's not a sign. It's just a fact. Now if they say tall, dark and blonde, and you lived in Scandinavia, you also know it's not a word from the Lord, okay? So it is His desire to reveal the future to you. That's why you don't need a man, you don't need a mediator. You have your mediator. His name is Jesus Christ. That's why you don't run around looking for the Word of God. You look around, you, you, you run around building a relationship with Jesus Christ through the Word of God so God can talk to you directly, not through anybody else. Can I have an amen? So... Um, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 and 10, Bible says, Eyes not seen or ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. You love God, God has a great future for you. Can you say amen? But God has revealed them to us, these future plans, through His Spirit. 
Spirit searches all things. He has the deep things of God. Acts 2, 17, 18, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He has the promise. It shall come to pass in those days, says the Lord, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. You qualify for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if you have a body. Uh, just say woof. <laughs> I said believe. Just make my day. <laughs> Don't be that old dog that just looks at me, please. Yeah, I take my dog for a walk and I walk past all these homes with these old tired dogs. They just... He's my dog barked until he went home to be with doggy heaven. So young men, he says... When the Spirit of God comes, young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Now, I spoke to somebody yesterday and they spoke to me about a child that had a dream of Jesus. And I mean, so accurate. Child's like four or five years old. Dream. That must mean that the child is old. It means the child is not having nightmares. The child is dreaming. Saw Jesus, saw angel. Says the friendliest face I've ever seen in my life. Child. We have this distorted picture of God and we're afraid to interact with God. God says, no, come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come and walk with me is what God says. Oh, come on, draw closer to God and God's going to draw closer to you. Come on, set time aside and spend time in the presence of God and He's going to talk to you. And sometimes He's going to walk into your bedroom and that's awesome when God comes when you are not even seeking God, when God comes to seek you. Listen, it's one thing to take a hold of God. It's another thing when God takes a hold of you. I can tell you story after story where I woke up two o'clock fast asleep, but suddenly I was wide awake and God was in my bedroom and God spoke to me for two, three hours and I just wrote, 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 like spiritualist automatic handwriting. It was like something took a hold of my hand and I just wrote, 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 wrote. And I'll share one day, everything God told me in 1985 has come to pass in my life. Every single word that God spoke to me two o'clock in the morning that I wrote down as a vision has come to pass in my life. Oh, hallelujah, God knows the future. God is greater than the devil. And if you will walk with God, God will defuse the plan of the enemy against you. Shout hallelujah in Jesus' name. Jesus said in John chapter 16, He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, not it, the Spirit of truth will come, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, you know, if you climb a mountain and you have a guide and you don't follow the guide, you can get lost. You go on a tour and you get lost. You, you don't follow the guide. The guide says, we're going to meet you. Be at the bus at that time. This is the better way. And you think, no, that's the better way. I remember I took my kids once. I always took them on, on, on climbing hills, little hills, then anthills, and then navel hill, and then mountains, etc. And I, um, you know, you know how children are like exactly like you as adult, adult children in the Lord. At some stage, you know, you know better. So I, in the in the military, we we learned about doya grond. I don't know what's it in English. What's it? What's it good? Dead ground. 
it doesn't mean ground that's dead. It means ground that you cannot see. So when you look down a hill, it, it, it looks like it's an easy path. But through experience, you learn to discern. No, that's not the way. Straight down is not the way. These um, invisible valleys. So my boy was clever one day. He's about 14. And he says to his sister, Angelique, okay, we're going to go straight down. I say, David, it's not the way. He says, it's the shortest. I say, it's going to take you the longest. And guess what he did? He followed his head. He didn't follow his guide. And I led him because I knew if you're going to get uh, down, you have to follow the contours. High mountain. And I got down and I looked up and there they were standing on a rock. Help! Help us! I said, no, you got yourself in trouble. Get yourself down. He said, you don't care about us. I said, I care, but you should have listened. But I was gracious, just like God. I made my way to the rock. I walked this way and this way and through the thorn bushes. And I went and I rescued my son. When he cried out for help, hallelujah, you cry out to God, God is going to rescue you and God's going to lead you back on the path of life. He's going to lead you through the thistles and the thorns. He's going to lead you through the valley. He's going to lead you through the stumbling blocks and turn them in. Oh, come on. And stepping stones because He's the Lord, your shepherd. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to abandon you. All you have to do is draw closer to Him. Get back into fellowship with God. Get back into prayer with God. Get back into worship. Get back into walking with God. In the name of Jesus Christ. And He is going to reveal you the future plan. Reveal to you the plans that He has for you. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We want a spotlight, God says. I'm going to give you a word every day. And then very occasionally, God gives you a vision. And you have to write it down so that when another word comes, you test it against the vision. Because Satan himself can transform himself into an angel of light. The Bible says so that even the very elect may be deceived. That's why we hold on to a rhema. And we test every other word, feeling, emotion, opinion of people against the rhema we received from God already. Woof. Amen. Please, don't look at me like one of those angry dogs. That's not nice. So, oftentimes we are confronted with having to make major decisions. Listen. And those decisions have impact on us, on our families, on our friends, on our future, on our responsibility in God's kingdom. And we cannot do it without God's guidance. Because you may feel good and wander out of God's will. You need to listen to me. You pitch your tent where God tells you. Those Israelites moved when the cloud moved. They never moved ahead of the cloud. That cloud of witness now lives in you. Bible says in Romans 8 verse 14, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. Sons, you are mature sons. Not babies, mature, led by the Spirit. 
says for you have, verse 15 says for you have not received the spirit of, of bondage again to fear but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God or children of God so that's where God's going to lead you from within not through opportunity although he may use opportunity to get your attention he's going to lead you from within then you have to use your faith to walk out the plan that God has prepared for you amen so it's important to pray and seek the mind of God. Not to ask all the opinions of people. Seek the mind and the counsel of the Lord. The second step is, and that obviously is through word and prayer. The second thing is the Bible says, in the multitude of counselors there is safety. You need to stay connected to your church. You need to stay connected to your prayer brothers and sisters. You need to discern the will of God in the body and with the body. Bible says, by wise counsel, wage your war. Counsel brings safety. Godly counsel. If Satan can isolate you, he will annihilate you. Listen to me very carefully because your protection is in the herd, in the church, in the place where God planted you. Number two, the second aspect of watching is to be vigilantly aware of the devil's devices against you. Now listen to this, and I'm going to stop there. Next week I might continue, or tonight, who knows. The number one device Satan uses against Christians is called offense. Before I even talk about anything else, how Satan attacks you, in the invisible world, through thoughts, through the distractions, through appealing to your senses. I have to talk about this one thing that Jesus spoke about, that Paul spoke about. The number one device Satan uses against believers is called unforgiveness as a result of offense. You left behind offense, the walls are up, you shut people out. You isolate yourself. Listen what Paul says. Very powerful scripture. Second Corinthians 2, it's not there. I wrote it in. Holy Spirit checked me last night to add this into the message. Second Corinthians 2, verse 10, 11, he says, Now whom you forgive, I also forgive. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. My brother, that's powerful. He says, whom you forgive, I also forgive. Lest Satan should take advantage. We are not ignorant of his devices. Now, if you study Matthew 18, it's one of the most powerful stories Jesus tells about the one who has so much debt and he pleads with the master to be forgiven and the person forgives him his debt. And, and if you really look in today's monetary value, it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, literally, that he owed that master and the master had mercy on him and forgave him. Then he goes to a fellow servant and he grabs him by the throat and he says, pay me. That's equal to $300. He says, pay me what you owe me. He didn't. He threw him in prison. And the people came and told the master, he says, you forgave him all the debt. God forgave you all your sin. God gave you a clean slate. No matter how righteous you were, there is no righteous, no, not one. There is no just, no, not one. 
Bible says our works of righteousness are as filthy rags. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So your goodness is not your measure stick for God's acceptance. It is the grace of God that gives you acceptance with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your righteousness is based on what Jesus did for you, not based on your works. But when you receive that gift of righteousness, you have to walk as Jesus who teaches us to pray. Mark 11, 22 to 25, when He teaches us to pray, what things ever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. But when you stand praying, forgive, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. For if you do not forgive your brother, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So that person in Matthew 18, because of unforgiveness, the Bible says the Master, Jesus says, handed him over to the tormentors. People live in torment because they give place to the devil. Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Proverbs 4, 23, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And every can't say, bewaar your heart meer as alle dinge in your leven. Want daaruit vloeit die oorsprong van die lewe. Jou hartkie, nie die pomp nie, pompie nie, waarom jou kardioloog werk nie. Jou hart, jou siel. Want betekker maak mense jou eina. People betray you, people lie about you, people do crazy things. The barking dogs, the haters, the naysayers. Think about Joseph. But he guarded his heart. He never became bitter. So the enemy never gained advantage over him. I want to encourage you this morning. This morning, draw closer to God. And secondly, when you stand, the Bible says, when you come to the Lord, that's how important this is to God. He says, and then remember that your brother has ought against you. Go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and worship God. The cross is horizontal and vertical. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. The second is like unto it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You cannot be angry with your brother in a place of resentment, in a place of unforgiveness, and then think, God, you're okay with God. It doesn't work like that. So please, TV audience, let go of every hurt, every pain, every bitterness. I know it's not easy, but the Holy Spirit is there to help you. Let it go. God loves you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give them a a good hand clap, farewell. I'll say this because I have to go, fly. Um, The spirit world, and I think if you've not been here, listen to the last few weeks' messages, is real. More real than this. If God could open your eyes, you would see angels, you'd see demons. I mean, Jesus at a meeting and there was a person with a demon in the meeting. So I don't think there's not people here this morning that have demons. You come to church with your addiction, with your demon. God wants to break that. So we don't focus on the addiction, we focus on the radiation, which is the love of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the light to get rid of Satan's work in your life. And part of that this morning is Stop justifying your hurt and your offense. Stop harboring your hurt and nursing your your, your grudge. Let go for your sake. Forgive for your sake. That person doesn't need it, I know. 
but neither did you deserve or need God's forgiveness and yet He forgave you. Your salvation is rooted in God's forgiveness. How dare we keep people in prison? Because we feel they hurt us. How many times did you hurt God? How many times did you betray God? How many times did you deny God? How many times did you fail God? And yet when you called on the name of Jesus, God said, your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgression from your listen, South Africa. You don't want to hear this, but we have to let go of the past. We have to forgive those in the past and we have to rebuild a new South Africa with a spirit of reconciliation and love and unity. If we want to see the blessing of God, if we hold on to our hatred and our anger and our vengeance, we will not see a move of God in the church. Oh, the world can do that, but the church cannot. We are a place of reconciliation. We are the voice of God. We are light shining in the midst of a perverse and crooked generation. We turn the other cheek. We bless our enemies. We pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us, that we may be called children of the Most High God. Come on! Let go of your vengeance. Let go of your anger. Let go of your pain. Let go of your hurt. I know it's not easy, but my sister, you have to do it. I know you're hurting deeply because of that betrayal. Or my brother, you're hurting deeply because of that betrayal. But you cannot continue in this vein. You have to close that door by going before God and saying, Lord, forgive. Forgive them. Forgive them. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay, not the way you think, not fire to kill them, but goodness and mercy. And He tells us how to treat our enemies. Come on. Come on. Close every door. Every door. We, we, there's other things I wanted to talk about, but this is the major door for the church. Close it. Close it. Guard your heart. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And sometimes people hurt you so badly, you have to forgive that person 70 times seven. That's why Jesus said so. Because you think about that person again, you get mad all over again. You have to forgive again. Then you have to forgive again. And then you see them that side of the road and you think, thank God He delivered my enemy into my hands. <laughs> I'm human just like you. I need to walk in this world as well. I don't have a halo over my head. People hurt me deeply as well, believe me. And sometimes I've had to take years and I thought, thank you, Jesus, that you've just not allowed me to see that person face to face because of their viciousness. That's my protection as well. And I've had to forgive some people again and again and again. Three years later, suddenly their name pops up and I think, Hey, ek moog gesê, my blikskorrel, wat denk jy, Dr. Louie? Ek praat, ek praat nie soos jy nie. It's a saying, to the pure, all things are pure, okay? So I don't know what you read. But it's truth, it's life, it's Christianity. The minute you open your mouth, the devil hears. You need to go before the throne of grace and say, Father, forgive them. Those who crucified Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he had the power. He said, do you think I cannot pray to my father now and he will send 12 legions of angels to destroy them out? I mean, it took one nation to wipe out a whole army of tens of thousands of people. 
seven, a legion, 6,000 uh, uh, legionnaires, 72,000 angels. Jesus could have prayed one prayer and God would have saved him at Calvary. Do you know that? Do you know the power Jesus had? He wasn't powerless. He could have destroyed his enemies. 72,000 angels showing up. Those Roman soldiers. One would make them disappear. But he did not. You may feel you have the power of vengeance. You may feel the end of the day it's going to hurt you. Forgive. And if your brother sins against you, go to him, the Bible says. And tell him privately. Don't go tell your friends and gossip about him. It's not pleasing to God either. It says, go to your brother. Make your peace with your sister. Forgive that your Father in heaven may also forgive. I pray for grace for every person that's been hurt, every person that is wrestling with unforgiveness. And maybe you have felt justified. No, my brother, some of you have hidden it so deep, the enemy knows. And your freedom lies beyond your forgiveness. Forgive as your Father forgave you, that you may live free and that the enemy's plans may be stopped against you. I pray the peace of God upon you. I pray obedience to your spirit man. I'm talking to your spirit man that wants to serve God, not that one that sleeps next to the fire. I'm talking to the one that's hungry and I speak life, desire for the things of God in you. I speak to your spirit man and I say, wake up, oh man of God, woman of God, wake up. I speak to your spirit man. I say, draw close to God and God will draw close to you. I speak to your spirit man and I say, dominate the emotions of that human. Dominate the flesh of that human in Jesus' name. And I plead and I beseech you by the mercies of God that you will forgive those who sinned against you, that you may be the prisoner of the Lord and serve the will of God and no more the prisoner of the devil doing the work of the devil. You are free because it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Come on, let's stand to our feet and give the Lord a praise. Come on family, as we just lift our hands for a moment, there's a wonderful presence in this building. Come on, and as our pastor was speaking this morning, we want every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. The presence of God is speaking to you wherever you are standing. And there's many of you that know in your heart that if anything had to happen to you, you're not sure even where you're gonna go. Maybe because of offenses our pastor spoke this morning, believers praying in this place. Maybe that offense has taken you away from the things of God, that you used to serve Him, but for whatever reason, things has happened and it has pulled you away. But this morning we wanna say that God loves you so much that that is why we have the service this morning. That is why pastor preached this morning because it's about this one moment that He wants to give every single person. So as every head is bowed and every eye closed in this place, believers praying. Maybe you're saying, pastor, I'm not sure. If I had to die, I'm not sure where I would go. God has been speaking from the time you came into the service. God has been speaking to you. You have that uneasiness in your heart that you know that you know that you should respond this morning. Or maybe you used to serve Him, but you want to come back. If that is you, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hands so we can pray for you. 
Come on, if that is you, lift it up. As hands are being lifted up on the flanks, on the balcony. Come on, I see those hands. God bless you. Bless you. Come on, if that is you, quietly lift up your hand. You know God is speaking to you. There's uneasiness in your heart. You can feel it. God is pulling you. It feels like the whole world is on your shoulders, but God wants to take it away. If you've lifted it up, you can put it down. You have not lifted it up. Please lift it up now in the name of Jesus. Come on, our hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, we're gonna wait for you. You lift it. Come on, it's you responding back to God. He's standing with open arms waiting for you. And He's saying, my son, my daughter, no matter what you've done yesterday, the sins you committed, you can be in the big style this morning in your life, but God is calling you back as a prodigal and He's asking you to come back. So if that is you, just lift your hand for a moment. There's probably a lot happening in your life currently and maybe you were facing it by yourself. But the amazing thing is, is that you're inheriting a family today, that you're becoming part of the family. In a moment, we're gonna pray with you and we're gonna lead you and we're gonna guide you and help you. But we ask you that you work with us, that if you allow us to be part of your life, we will help you. We'll plug you into a home cell. We'll have people that will be caring for you, that will be praying for you so that you don't have to walk just by yourself. And I know there's many of you that's standing at the front that should forgive people. And God's gonna guide you and lead you to forgive them because it becomes much easier when we serve Him, when we're on fire for Him, when the things of God is in our hearts and in our minds. So family, would you be so kind in the front just to put your hand on your heart? If you wanna lift a hand, you're welcome. But you can just close your eyes and just pray after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you, Father, that you died for me and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, that I can choose your forgiveness and I can become your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.